Welcome back to Bread and Butter, where we are serving up the basics for Hearthstone improvement. I am Doc McButt, and as always, I am joined by Tito. How you doing? And this week, we have our favorite returning guest, Dragon Rider. Don, how are you doing? Hello! Uh, thank you so much for having me on again. I always love being on here, uh, but I'm doing very, very well. I'm excited to talk about some cool stuff. Well, we always appreciate having you on. So, Don... What have you been doing inside Hearthstone? Oh, inside Hearthstone, I have been playing a bunch of Battlegrounds uh, because I have been competing in the Battleground World League. I think Tito is also competing in that. Uh, so I've been playing a lot of Battlegrounds and more recently, I've uh, been playing a ton of Titans because the new expansion is super, super fun. And there's a lot of decks to play and try. Uh, so I've just been playing a whole bunch of stuff nice uh tito how about yourself i've also been playing a lot of battlegrounds uh mostly trying to get to 6k i am in the world bg league however uh i i so i was the captain i was stepping in for maritime max who uh left hype horizon and i wanted to keep the team going and we just recruited um absolute um absolute context connor uh, onto the team this week so i had i Looking to try to put the best team forward, stepped aside, and now there's a team. It's Peaceful C, Connor, uh, Colonel Mustard, and Judge. And so that leaves me kind of out, but that's good because I want to put the best team forward. I'm not the best player on the team. Uh, so I'm probably going to give that captaincy up to Peaceful C. So that way, because I'm always limited at a 9 to 12 um, at Eastern Standard Time, and that kind of limits some of the other teams. So hopefully they can find more times that work for everybody. But that's a fun league. I really enjoy it. Um, it they, they, it's really, really well done, and everyone there is really enthusiastic. But outside of Battlegrounds, uh, I'm on the struggle bus right now. I made it to D5, and just like the beginning of festivals, I cannot climb to save my life. I am playing all the decks that are good. I'm playing all the decks that are bad. I'm playing all the decks that are in the middle. And uh, just, you know, having some problems, but I'm not too salty about it. We're just trying to... Uh, I played some of the Mech Rogue, which is a lot of fun. I've been playing a lot of the Rainbow Bright Mage, which has been a lot of fun. Um, every deck out there, I played a lot of the Warrior, which is fun. Unless you don't find Odin, then, you know, it's not as fun. But there's a lot of fun, cool decks out there, and it's been it's been just great. I think this set is fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. And Doc, how about yourself? What have you been doing in Hearthstone? Yeah. Uh, so been playing a little bit of BGs because quests are fun. But since, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Since the expansion came out, I've been playing Titans. Um, been playing a lot, and I know we're going to talk about decks later, but I've been playing a lot of Big Shaman. Um, and then once that started to peter out, I switched over to Shock Spitter Hunter. Uh, Standard's just really fun right now, and there's lots of new cards to play with. Uh, thankfully, I haven't ran into Mech Rogue, but uh, as far as the announcement goes today, it looks like that might uh, be alleviated a bit. Um, but yeah, standards just in a good is fun in a good place right now. There's still just so much stuff to do in standard and I'm enjoying it. So Dawn, what have you been doing outside of Hearthstone? Cool. Outside of Hearthstone. Uh, well, I am still kind of in a like recovery and get better, uh, type of phase physically, um, <laughs> from some mm -hmm. medical things I've been dealing with. Uh, but other than that, uh, I've just been trying to do a lot of like self-care type things, I guess, in relation to that. Uh, and 
managing what I'm doing, which uh, turns out is important. And uh, I was doing way too many things before. Who would have thought? <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Surprise nobody. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tito was telling me multiple times over the last, uh, what, six, eight months. He's like, uh, you're doing way too many things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think outside of the game, it's just been a lot of trying to focus on how to balance things a bit better and focus more on actually doing things to take care of myself uh, and not just sit at the computer for 15, 16 hours a day and do a bunch of work. <laughs> so Very nice. So I have, and, and first off, I always feel like I do a lot with my time and the content and I feel overwhelmed. And if Dawn would reduce down to what I did, she would still, I mean, she'd probably be doing a sane amount of things. She probably did does double or triple what most content creators work on. So uh, I'm glad you're starting to realize that you probably need to slow down a little bit and, 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 and find your way and make things that make you happy. And, and I think you're, you're well on your way there. So it's been, it's, it's been, it's been great to watch that journey with you and, and be a part of it. So, um, we're here, mm -hmm. but, um, so I went to the Lego experience in Boston with my kid this weekend. We had a uh, surprise trip and nice. got, you know, driving in Boston is never fun. But once we get there, uh, it was weird. Like, it the the whole the actual thing itself is pretty cool. The employees are kind of eh, but they had like a movie for this new show they have on uh, Netflix, and it has the 4D. So they have it snow on you, it rains, they blow a wind. There's strobe lights. There's it's That's it's a cool. it's a fun little experience. And they had some other things. They had like a virtual reality thing that my son did. It was a lot of fun. And they have like a Lego. The, the, my favorite part was it was very basic, but they had this like workshop where you go in and there's a Lego guy that says, okay, this is the thing we're working on. We built this in here and we made a little windmill. And it was like, okay, do this step. It was step by step instead of instructions and how do you do things. And it, it was just cute. It was nice little uh way to do things and then afterwards because we were already in boston we went down to fire and ice which was always one of my favorite restaurants i'm kind of over it now after going back again but i'm kind of glad i did uh the quality has gone down and you know you have it's always nostalgia that drives you to some place like that but then when you get back there the nostalgia you're like this is what happens you'll be like oh i love going to this place and you get there and you're like eh. I used to love going to this place. And then like three years later, you'd be like, I want to go back to this place. And you forget about the last time. So I want to build an app. I have a couple different apps I want to build. But one app I want to build is the remind me about this experience thing. And you look back at it and you leave yourself a note that says, yeah, I don't really want to do this again. So that way, when you say, do I want to do this again? You look at the app, it says, no, I don't. And, and you move on because remembering these things you you always remember it the positive ways unless it was really bad and if it's very mediocre you just kind of disappoint yourself so tito for those of us that don't know what fire and ice is that's a great question so it's a mongolian grill where you go and you fill uh -huh. up your bowl with uh, noodles and vegetables and meat and you pick a sauce and you bring it over and they drop it on the grill and then they grill it up and they pour your sauce on and you keep going back up and up. So it's like a Mongolian grill buffet. Okay. The concept is great. It used to be fantastic. There used to be one in Cambridge Square down by um, Harvard and um, 
uh, this cool little map store and this cool little theater. And that location closed and it was one in Providence. And I think that location closed. So this is the only location left. And it's somewhere in, in Boston. And uh, yeah. Uh, I like it, but I'm 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 past it after this last experience. There was too many things that went wrong, and I'm hopefully I'm gonna remember this in three years. But one more thing before we get to what Doc did, I know I've talked recently about my audio and how we had my microphone pointed at my desk. We figured some things out, and hopefully it's better. Part of my issue is I need to stop leaning back. I need to eat the mic and and stay eating the mic, and I usually get too casual. I usually sit back, so I sound like this. But we're working on that. <laughs> the other issue was I, I said I, I said to myself, I feel like I'm missing something in the editing process. And I had a class with Ridiculous Hat podcast masterclass. And I realized I, I was forgetting something. So I went back because I recorded that, that um, piece of footage there that, you know, would help me. And I wanted to review it. And I've been, I'm missing adding some presets. So I'm hoping that editing over the next couple weeks we're not only sounding better with our mic, which I think we're already doing, but I hope hopefully the entire leveling and balance and everything will be a lot better as well. So if you have any feedback on that as you're listening to that, you know where to find me, Twitter, Twitch. We'll talk about that later. Doc, what have you been up to outside of Hearthstone? Oh, man. So a lot, <laughs> actually. Um, so just how my days off at the credit union lined up last week, the end of last week and the start of this week, I've have like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. So I don't go back to work till Wednesday. We're currently recording Monday night. Um, so Saturday, uh, my brother and I went to a Pokemon pre-release at our local game store for Obsidian Flames. Fantastic set, by the way. Uh, that was a fun experience. Uh, unfortunately, I went one and two. Uh, my brother went one and two as well. And then our friend, he uh, got one of like the premier like league packs because he went like two and one. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, he pulled uh, two alternate art of um, the evolution of Com- Combi I- Vespa Queen. There we go. That's the card name Vespa Queen. Uh, and it's like a $13 card. So basically paid for his uh, his entry into the pre-release. Both of my really good pulls, unfortunately, uh, were quite literally uh, fire. Uh, I got two secret rare fire energies, uh, one of which I opened before, and then one of which was from one of my uh, prize packs for playing the tournament. Um, I played one of them, and my brother laughed at me for it. Uh, And then on the way back from the Pokemon pre-release, my brother and I passed an an Apple Maps car. So that was super sick. It had like the big old pole with the camera on it and everything. That was cool to see. Uh, And then uh, yesterday, Sunday, um, Cortland and I were supposed to wake up early, drive down to the Grand Canyon, look at the Grand Canyon because we both had never been because it's about a two hour drive for us. Uh, Unfortunately, she's a master at turning her alarms off in her sleep and her alarms did not wake me up. So unfortunately, we missed the window we wanted to go. Uh, which then led to the very cool situation of my brother taking me to a concert up in the Salt Lake City area. Uh, so concert list goes as follows. So this wildlife opened, then it was Anne Berlin, then it was Mayday Parade, and then headlining was Yellow Card. 
uh, and it was Yellow Card's 20th anniversary tour for Ocean Avenue. Because, sorry, everybody, yeah, big old emo hearts. Uh, that song is 20 years old. Came out in 2003. Uh, <laughs> fantastic show. It was awesome. Uh, really cool experience. Uh, I got this really cool yellow card hat that I'm wearing. Uh, <laughs> um, and then just being up north was cool. Uh, unfortunately, on the drive down um, in a town called Beaver, uh, there's there was a giant wildfire that we saw off the side of the freeway. Uh, so that was kind of scary. And then I've just been playing a lot of Boulder's Gate 3, y'all. Uh, that game, yeah, there's a lot of funny memes about funny stuff you can see and do in that game, but it is a fantastic game was well worth the weight that the developers like had for, to make the game. Um, there's just, you can quite literally do just about anything in that game. And it's just very fun to have a good game that has no microtransactions, period has no planned DLC because the game uh, one solid run through is about a hundred hours and there's 12 different classes. So <laughs> there's a lot of playtime to be had and you can play literally replay the game without making the exact same decision. So you can always see something different. Uh, and then the dumbest achievement available in the game is called Jack of all trades, which is so in this game, you have a level cap of 12 uh, where you pick one level in every single class which is awful. You never, you never do that because you don't get access to endgame stuff. Uh, but it is, it is a achievement that people will get. Um, and then Edelweiss and I tested out multiplayer a little bit. Um, so that was cool. We weren't quite sure how it worked because like nothing we read about it made it make a bunch of sense. Uh, but we figured it out and it's, it's a good time. And if anyone wants to play Boulder Skate 3, you know where to find me on Twitter and uh, I will gladly uh, play with you. And that's what I've been doing outside of Hearthstone. <laughs> now, have you made love to a bear? No, but that is on the list, bro. That's on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Don shaking her head. Yep. That's something you can do in that game. <laughs> it no sure is. Comment. <laughs> well, it's a druid in the form of a bear, so it's not, it's not just a wild bear. It is a consenting, no it's a consenting human. <laughs> so, so on a, a little side jag on that, and and we're not going down that rabbit hole. Uh, it's not worth exploring. But there was, um, it's not a rabbit hole. <laughs> it's a bear hole. Anyway, <laughs> there's a show called The Magicians. Wait, I th- and now you're going to talk about magicians. Hold on, I thought we- I thought I was on bread and. Butter, not Blizzlet. What are we doing? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not going into. So there's a show called Magicians. Was it was basically like if you took um, Narnia plus Harry Potter plus this old MTV show called Undressed, mashed them together, you have the Magicians. And it, is that the one where they talk about the land of Fillory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly the one. Okay, very yep. good show. I haven't very finished Very adult it. show. Very adult yes. show, very yes. Do yes. not watch it with your kids. But there's one part where um, Margo, who's one of the main characters, uh, just chats up some of the talking woodland life, the bears. And this is why I thought about it, because of the bears. She just is very friendly and listens to them. And there's an election. And apparently she gets like the animal vote because no one really kind of addressed the animals correctly. And they, they outnumbered the humans by like, or the, the voting bipeds by like 
nine hundred million or something like that. So she, she won by a landslide <laughs> because she was nice to a couple bears, and the word got around. So that just made me think of that. But whew. so Titans has been out for a little while. Yes, we're bringing it back to actual Hearthstone. We're 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 at ninety percent Hearthstone usually. Um, we're bringing back the Titans. <laughs> Dawn, what have you been playing in in the new expansion this last week? Yes. Well, as I mentioned, I have been playing a ton of stuff. Uh, usually the first couple days of an expansion, I like to build my own decks and just try different stuff. And I did do some of that, but also um, I've kind of just I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to grab a whole bunch of decks that I see people post as well, whether it's a pro player or like somebody in a discord or something. And so I've been playing a, a huge mix of stuff which it's been super super fun this expansion um real early in the expansion release like the first day or two i did try a lot of um actually did try a lot of warrior with odin and trying to do some like you know armor stuff and like mech armor shenanigans uh i tried some different variations of mech rogue i tried some warlock i've been playing the new nature shaman that deck is so freaking hard there's so much math (laughs) i am so bad at it uh i've been playing like the ramp druid tree and druid relic demon hunter xl hound hunter um really just a couple different hunters i haven't tried any shock spitter hunter yet so that's that's one i gotta try still um, but yeah, I feel like I've just been playing a whole bunch of stuff. Nice. How about yourself, Doc? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah. So uh, early on in the expansion uh, last week, I almost played exclusively Big Shaman for like the first like two days, two, three days. Um, and my spot, my pocket meta on day one and day two was very, very, very control heavy. So ran a bit of a weirder list, uh, ended up cutting out both ancestral knowledges, threw in a, uh, two cold storages, threw out one flesh behemoth and one Thorigner dragon. I forget what the rest of the name of that card is. Thorigner Drake, maybe. Um, and just threw in two uh, clap of thunders just to get some extra wave clear because we're casting so many nature spells already. Um, and we were just running into hand size issues. I played it with, uh, E-Sheep and at one point it was E-Sheep, Dano and Matted Arms were all in uh voice chat with me over in Squelch, uh, just looking at it and E-Sheep and I probably played that deck together for close to like three hours and got the, got the Rivendor combo off, uh, like four times that day. And that felt really nice. Um, then once that started to peter out, I switched over to Shock Spitter Hunter uh, cause I loved the first version of that deck, even after its initial nerfs. And I love this version of the deck. It's still very good. I feel like Ignis is pretty strong. I feel like he's stronger than Kazakus was. Um, but man, Hunter being able to get up to like 50 armor almost is just absolutely disgusting. Uh, I am a 10 mana weapon Andy and usually if it's available pick wind fury and attack gain eight armor and it just gives hunter so much more survivability oh, yeah. than they've ever had and have ever had a right to have um so it really just keeps like the mid game package in there a lot longer and you can compete for so much longer uh and you know what the deck didn't need bran 
it doesn't need brand now. Like it's pretty good without him. So brand just made it even more of a problem, which love brand, but I'm so glad he's gone. He did not need to come back. Uh, played a little bit of Treant Druid. It's just not enough for how the meta is right now. There's just too many board clears. Uh, you gotta pray you get a whiteboard and it sticks, and that's just not how the game is right now. So unfortunately, like super aggro tree and druid just just ain't it, Chief. Um, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Tito, what have you been playing? I've been playing a lot. Before we go, to that a couple programming notes. I was gonna name this episode "Play That Deck Again, Sam" because of the main topic, but I think we're just gonna name it "Unbearable." Um, and also, uh, E-Sheep was fantastic to have on last no. week, and I'm sorry you missed it. Uh, we'll have him on again soon, because E-Sheep, just a fantastic human being and a wonderful podcaster. Yes. So you, can, you understand why he is becoming the new ridiculous hat of being on every podcast. What I've been playing is I have been in my triannual tri um, new expansion launch of trying to find the deck that works for me. I've been playing Relic. Demon Hunter, which has been a lot of fun, but I've had issues with. Same thing with uh, Rainbow Mage. Same thing with uh, Mech uh, Rogue. Same thing with uh, Paladin, Pure Paladin. Same thing. I I've played everything. I've been playing a lot. I just haven't found the one that I like. I I've enjoyed all the decks, but I haven't found the deck that clicks yet. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, everything feels good. I don't feel like anything's overpowered. In fact, there's some nurse coming tomorrow. We'll talk about that. Uh, actually, we might as well talk about that now. Tomorrow, uh, Solid Alibi is getting nerfed. We don't know what. Probably going up to two mana. Or maybe Can't Be Discovered. Who knows? I think that would be a good thing. Can't Be Discovered would be really nice for that card. But um, they are also nerfing uh, the Rogue... What is it? What is it called? Um, it is it's Lab, lab Constructor. Or... Lab Constructor. Yeah. Lab yeah. Constructor, right? Uh, where it's... it. It's the one that duplicates itself. You can forge it to become magnetic. I don't think mm -hmm. either of these cards need to be nerfed, honestly. The meta has felt fine at Diamond 5 or whatever, and I think that it's premature, but I don't think they're making gigantic moves that really are going to make that much of a difference. I still think Mech Rogue will still be good. I still think Mage is going to be fine, so I don't think they're destroying anything, but I don't think they need to move as fast as they did. Um... But seeing how they are nerfing things, were these some of the decks you hated? Dawn, what decks are you hating to see right now? Even if you like playing them, what decks do you not want to see on ladder? Um, you know, actually, this is kind of hard for me right now because I think that the meta actually feels pretty good. Uh, so there's not really decks that I particularly hate seeing necessarily, at least not as much as I have in, in past metas. Um, but if I had to pick one, I would probably say Mage, and it's it's because of Solid Alibi. I just I hate the Solid Alibi for like three or four turns in a row, and it's yep. like, come on, like all right, twice is fine. Maybe if you discover one more, okay. But multiple turns in a row, getting multiple like it just starts to get really tiring, and I'm like, this that's just not fun. Um, I think uh, is the next question we're going to talk about the nurse. <laughs> Tito kind of already did, but yeah, I'll I'll uh I'll share my thoughts on those in a minute after uh after Doc says what he's hating to see. You might think though, before Doc Doc, before you get on, you might think that because I actually wrote the show notes, I would have remembered the order of things we were supposed to talk about. I apologize, I jumped the gun. Nah. Doc, 
for shame okay. <laughs> or shame. Doc. You're good, my guy. Doc. You're good. What do you hate to see right now? <laughs> I think I can tell you. Uh, yeah. So the new the new version of Chad Warlock. Uh, just I don't like it. <laughs> it's just dumb. You kill a flesh behemoth, and then they get Thaddeus out, and then it's just all it just spirals out of control from there. Um, but yeah, I mean. Chad Warlock's kind of been a villain for a minute. Uh, Blood Decay, I still hate it. Still hate it. I hate removal with that heals for removing things so much. It's one of the reasons why I hate that some of the things priests can do. Because like, yeah, fine, I'm okay with you removing stuff, but the fact you gain an additional benefit from removing a card is the part that like infuriates me as a mid-range aggro player. Like it just feels like that's just way too much like to put together. And then I have played against Rainbow Mage a couple times. Uh, that didn't feel good. I remember the first game I did it, didn't realize what was happening, and then all of a sudden I was dead. And that didn't <laughs> that surprised me. Did not feel good. Uh, I'm happy both cards are getting touched. I haven't played against uh, Lab Constructor or Mech uh, Mech Rogue yet, but uh, Solid Alibi is just ice block again and glad that it's going to get touched in some degree. Um, lab constructor. I don't, hopefully it just can't, uh, like copy itself or whatever. I don't know. Hope they do a fair change on that. I don't think it's going to be like in a, like in a, like an attack decrease. I mean, I could be, I'm probably wrong, but, uh, I believe in team five and usually we always have a nerf, uh, like, one to two weeks after a set comes out anyway. And this is a very small nerf. It's only two cards. They're not buffing anything. Um, so just these two cards are getting changed. Uh, hopefully that lets room for a few more things to come out. But I feel like the, the meta right now is pretty diverse and still healthy feeling like last meta. Um, so that's always, that's always a plus that they don't have to change too much. Doc, I don't know how you've not seen Lab Constructor because I don't know how you've not run into Mech Rogue because it is probably like hey. <laughs> just dodging those mechs somehow. I, I sure am. <laughs> and I'll say I don't like um I agree with you about some of the warlock, although it hasn't been that prevalent. It's not the the Chad part that bothers me because that that's whatever. It's just once they get Sargaris down, and if you can't clear Sargaris that first turn, then it's just this never ending uh Two minions with taunt each turn. If you're playing anything board based, that is just no fun because you you have to try to clear and attack in the same turn, and that just that's almost impossible. Luckily, it's it hasn't been that prevalent because of mage and burn shaman, which goes over the top and don't care about your minions. So uh, that is holding, I think, warlock back, which has been nice. Uh, outside of that, just control priest, like y'all. Let us play some cards in the first week. You want to play Control Priest starting now? Fine. But that first week, let us just play our cards. You, really? Come on. Anyway, I've enjoyed most other decks, though, outside of playing the Control Priest. And I don't even hate Control Priest. I am not Daniel, or I'm not Doc. I am not a lot of these people that hate Control Priest. Wicked good. I respect you. It's fine. But not in the I first week. I respect him, too. I just don't like some of his decisions. <laughs> 
That's okay. He's actually playing. <laughs> so today is his um, congratulations. He's on Twitter affiliate and excuse me, Twitch affiliate anniversary. I don't know how many years, probably like 38. But um, congratulations to him. And he was actually not playing Freeze. He was playing uh, Spell Shaman or uh, bio, Bioluminescent Shaman. Good for him. Nature Shaman. Na- yeah. Nature Shaman. Um, but no, I just... I don't mind control priest, but like week one, maybe we could just, maybe if we just say you can't play priest in the first week of an expansion, things would be better. Anyway, we've already talked a little bit about the nerfs. I thought my, my say doc, I think you've talked about it. Dawn, you have some thoughts you want to give them to us. Yes. So, uh, I guess in terms of this, I will say, I also agree. I am glad that it's just like a couple cards, just two cards here. Not a huge thing. Uh, I feel like this is the first. Maybe not the first, but it feels like the first expansion in a while where they haven't had to nerf anything in the first like three days of the expansion. So to me, I'm like, huge success. Yay. It was almost a week. Actually, well, (laughs) it's coming out tomorrow. So that will be a full week after launch. and it's just those two cards. So I think that's fantastic. Um, I do also think that these two cards for me feel very much like not necessarily the strongest cards. I know I've seen some people talking like, oh, these aren't the cards that I would have picked to get touched. And I I think that's fine. I think what the goal of this little patch is that's touching these two cards, I think this is a... These are a feels bad to play against play pattern nerf. These are not, they're the most powerful cards and we need to nerf them. No, these are, they provide a very bad play experience when people are playing against them. Uh, So I think that that's great. And I want to see how the meta continues to develop after these two nerfs go through. Uh, And then in another week or two, week and a half or two weeks, you know, see how the meta has been developing after that. Um, so, you know, for me, I'm like, I think this is great. I think that those are both definitely going to create um, some pretty bad play patterns overall. So I definitely like that they're getting nerfed. Uh, I will say, though, that I also think Mimiron in uh, Rogue probably is also going to continue creating some kind of bad play patterns. <laughs> um, and maybe just the, the stealth aspect of that. Um, so I do wonder if that's something that could get touched or, or changed in the future. Um, but as of right now, just a weekend, I, I think that this is great, honestly, um, especially after I feel like the last several nerf like patches and changes that we've had have been very, um, honestly, very like top level player guided and very just like these cards need to change for this and they haven't really addressed cards that i think the average player uh has kind of had a gripe against so this feels like it's kind of more back to that so be interesting to see yeah i agree with you that they're they're more feels bad nerfs versus power outlier nerfs and i don't i don't think you're going to see mimron touch i don't, i think you're going to see at least not right away I think that after the last couple expansions and the feeling that Rogue is kind of being, they keep getting set after set of 
nothing really. So we're going like last last set they had the bounce that really didn't do much, and we're kind of relying on this. You always see miracle come back because the high level players can do things with miracle. So I don't think th- I think they're going to be pretty resistant to change anything about Mech Rogue because Mech Rogue's actually seeing play versus the initial outcry of we don't want to play Mech Rogue. We want to do roguey things. And now Mech Rogue is good. I am so surprised at that still. Like, I was definitely somebody who looked at all those cards was like, holy crap, look at all these Mech cards. Like, this is going to be bonkers. Uh, so I I am surprised that there were so many people who didn't think that it was going to be very good. Well, no, it wasn't that people and weren't is- saying they were very good. They were saying that it's not Rogue. So... With the mech rogue, you're playing mechs on top of mechs on top of mechs on top of mechs. That's not the usual kind of play patterns of rogue where you're bouncing things and, and hiding things and, and playing multiple cards in a turn and doing all kinds of things. So I think people that are traditionally rogue people were out crying like, this This doesn't feel like rogue. I don't want to play mechs. I want to play rogue. And I think with that discourse, we overlooked how powerful this mech rogue package could be. Doc, you had thoughts? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to change it here in a second and then I'll circle, circle back to what I was going to say. Um, do you think that this could be their wanting to change the play pattern we've kind of consistently had the last several, the last couple of years of rogue, just play something, bounce it, play, play something super discounted. That's big, do a bunch of degenerate stuff. Um, but just like super fast and repetitive, um, I think they're just trying to change how Rogue plays a little bit because like, like you said, Miracle Rogue's not really seeing anything right now, which Miracle Rogue has been one of the evergreen archetypes that Rogue has had that has just always been viable in one in one way or another. And we haven't seen it uh, so far yet, which I think is a good thing. Uh, just changing the way people interact with the class um, to stretch different uh, muscles for the class. And then, um, I think I can actually put both things in one, actually. Uh, I I don't have all the cards to play Mech Rogue, so I don't I can't speak from any kind of personal experience. But uh, I'm just glad that they're moving Rogue in a different direction because we just got out of uh, having Null be the big bad guy. And Rogue's always kind of had something super degenerate to do. Um, not saying that Mech Rogue isn't degenerate, but it's degenerate in a different way. I feel like from like the discourse I've seen. Um. Yeah, that's kind of that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, yeah I don't think they're gonna change. Ma- I, I don't think overall they're gonna give every class different packages to try to mix it up, make it interesting. But I don't think they're gonna change Rogue's core identity of it in general, playing little little spells and little minions and and combos and all that. I think I think they realize that the Rogue players out there like that style and. uh I don't think that that's going to be a long-term change. I could be wrong. I haven't seen anything about it, but I don't think yeah. they will. It's, to me, this kind of uh, style of mech rogue, in a way, feels very similar to that uh, quest. I think it was the quest line rogue, not the original quest rogue, right? <laughs> like not the caverns below, <laughs> but the quest line rogue uh that played a bunch of si stuff right you had the si sevens and the si bodies and you were very much just playing like for tempo you were playing bodies you were playing those things and i i feel like for me the mech rogue kind of has a similar feel to that and it's not quite like these styles are more um 
body focused and multiple bodies and not necessarily like leaning into one huge thing like with the location and Miracle Rogue um, and not even necessarily even bouncing things back to your hand and replaying them. It's uh, value from additional bonuses, right? Like the the bonus cards you got from the SI scabs, uh, the quests reward, um, the bonuses you get from Mimiron and the um, effects of all of the magnetics that we're getting with Mechrogue, like those, that kind of value and just getting things on the board. I think to me, those style of rogue feel very similar. So I feel like we, it's, it's similar to things that we've had before. It's just not the same as what we've had recently. Yes. Yeah, is how I'll put it. All right. So final thoughts on the first week of expansion, Dawn. I cannot keep up with how many decks I want to play and I love it. Doc. Hot, y'all, I don't know if you if you've heard this or if you experienced this, but Hearthstone is so fun right now. There's just so many different different decks to play in standard, quester and BGs. I feel like the game has stayed in a state of being fun in more than just one place for the longest it's ever been fun in more than one place. Like there's something for everyone, uh, rip mercenaries, but you can still play. Um, <laughs> but there, there's something for everyone right now. And that's fantastic. Uh, and Hearthstone's just fun. Y'all go play it. Stop listening to this. Pause and no. play it. No, no, no. <laughs> Keep playing. Just like open Hearthstone in addition to the podcast. That's right. Don knows what we're talking Save about. Save your RAM. You can listen on your phone and play on your computer. There you go. There's, there, a, there's plenty of options. There's enough RAM in your phone to do the moon landing 50 some years ago, whatever it is. You can you can handle playing you can, you can handle playing a podcast and listen to a game. And as far as my thoughts, I've personally enjoyed it. I wish I was better at the first week of a meta where I could climb because I've seen so many people. Uh, shout out to Chickenhead Chase, who I don't know if he listens, but he uh, is a regular in a lot of my pod in my Twitch channel and a few of my friends' Twitch channels. I believe it's been in yours, Dawn. He got first day legending and was ranked twenty five uh, for for wow. a fleeting moment. So good for him. It it was it was a nice little moment there. So. Chase, I see you. Good job. Uh, I've really enjoyed the meta. I just, like I said, I wish I was a little better at an uh, emerging meta. Bonus question, which is not on the show notes. Dawn, what do you think the first twist season is going to be after beta? Ooh. You know, I am very intrigued with twist, and I'm super excited for twist. Uh, But personally, I would love to see the first one be like a popper. Like, no legendaries. Just play without legendaries. I don't know. I think that it would be a lot more accessible, and I think it'd be pretty interesting to see what decks people come up with that uh, you can't just, you know, lean into something like Titans or lean into, you know, those big powerful uh, cards. Doc? Uh, yeah. Uh, I would really love an even odd twist month. Give us Gen and Baku again. Make us remember why we hated it. But it's only a month, so it's okay. <laughs> no. Give us Gen and Baku with the new cards. Let's see how that changes some things. Um, or I really like the Popper idea, Don. I think Popper and Hearthstone is such an interesting place to explore. Um, give us, give us Ungoro. 
Uh, give us Ungoral and two other sets, and just let me have fun with all my dinosaur friends, please. That's all I want. I just want to be able to play big dinos again. And Tito, how about yourself? I am going to guess that we are going to get a magnetic theme expansion where we have all these sets that were um, revolving around mechs and that all mechs will be magnetic. Oops, all mechs. Oops, all I mechs. I love it. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. I I That'd think that, uh, I you know, I think that Smarm's cat and I talked about that on one episode of Doctor 3. And yes, like, if they do that, I I don't think that I would play anything else besides Twist. Like, please give me all the mechs. <laughs> I love mechs so much. No, I can dig it. Uh, okay, so, Doc, I don't know about you. This has been a lot. I'm getting a little full, but I mean, we haven't even had the main course yet. I think it's time to eat a little more. I agree, but can I add one more thing? Uh, so you know what you know what you actually are playing when you play with Genin Baku or uh, Prince Malazar in your deck. You're playing Commander. Start of game effects in Hearthstone is just Hearthstone Commander. That's all it is. True. All right. So our main topic tonight is building blocks with Dawn. That's why we have her on. She has a segment. We talk to her hopefully once a month. It's been a little more than once a month lately, but uh, we'll, we'll get back at it. But this particular month, we're going to talk about improving play with the deck. So Dawn, the floor is yours. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, just as a reminder for anybody who maybe hasn't um, caught all of them, uh, but we did talk about in the first segment phases of a turn or lack of phases potentially. Uh, we did talk about resources and different resources that you can use in a game. We've talked about archetypes. We've talked about mulligans. And then I thought, you know, what is a good, you know, segue from learning all the kind of different aspects of different archetypes and all of this stuff into how you actually approach learning a deck and whether this is learning it from the very start, like you've literally never played it before, or you want to learn a deck even better, right? Because playing 10, 15, 20 games with a deck, you feel like you've probably learned it a bit, but getting really nuanced with a deck and learning very specific, you know, matchups or very specific situations, it could take you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds potentially of games with some of these. Uh, I know an example for me when um, when we had, we were just talking about some of this kind of stuff, but we had like Zephyrus, right? We had these Highlander decks, which very much kind of like Commander decks. You'd only have mm -hmm. one copy. Uh, and I played a ton of Highlander Hunter. And by a ton of Highlander Hunter, I mean within probably the three-month span that I played that, I easily played several thousand games <laughs> with the deck. Uh, yeah, I played a lot of Highlander wow. Hunter. Uh, so even as I got, you know, a couple hundred games in and even further, and then as I faced different decks, I really had to learn even more about my deck and different situations. And I want to start by kind of breaking down a little bit, talking about when you first learn a deck. Um, now, 
Ron, Ron Mexico, and I actually did a segment on this a little while back on our podcast, uh, TCCG Roundtable. And I thought it was really, really interesting because when we talked about this, uh, it actually turned out that we approached this from two completely different ways. Uh, So then I thought, you know, that actually is probably good because I think how people approach learning a deck and then improving a deck that they might want to learn even more there's so many ways to go about learning a deck. And I think that that is one of the coolest thing about card games. Uh, So one of the big approaches that you can take is to literally just get the deck list and start jamming some games, get a feel for it, see how it goes, right? Like see, what is this deck about? How does it feel? And then, okay, you've kind of started to play. Then at that point, maybe after you've gotten a feel for it, you can start to dig deeper. Maybe you look at uh, a guide from somebody that they've put out, or maybe you start looking up mulligan stats. Uh, The other approach is to kind of do the opposite of that, right? Is to maybe watch a streamer or read a guide or look at some of that stuff and say, okay, this is how these people play it. This is what they try to do. And then you go and you take it, you know, kind of in the game for yourself and see if you can get kind of similar results or, get a feel for the deck that way. Um, And there's no right or wrong answer with this, which is one thing that, again, I I love the kind of flexibility of how people approach learning decks and it's super flexible in how you do this. Um, But I want to ask you guys, when you first learn a deck, do you tend to take a more, let me just jam some games with it and see how I do? Or do you take like the, I'm going to learn about it, see what the win conditions are, see how it kind of plays. And then I'm going to try it. Which way do you guys usually do it? Go ahead, Doc. Uh, so for me, I used to be watch several videos of different streamers playing the same general deck uh, for like a while uh, just to try to understand from their perspective. Uh, but now I've kind of transitioned into quantity. I pick up a deck and just jam as many games as I possibly can uh, with that deck. Uh, Like with, um, for example, with Big Shaman, it took me six games to understand how to play that deck until I started to like win and be like, okay, like I get like what I'm supposed to do. Um, And then with Shockspitter Hunter in its first iteration, I probably, I had like 150, 200 games with that deck and I just liked it a lot, so I played it a lot. But I'm quantity over uh, quality, I guess, at the start. Now, just pick it up, try to get as many games in, learn different interactions. Uh, yeah, that's me. How about yourself, Tito? I play a lot of games when I find a deck I like. Uh, Shadow Priest, I had over 1,000 games. Uh, Valve Shaman, I had probably 700 games. When I, when, I start, when I find a deck I want to play with, I stick with it and I grind it. Uh, I usually start off looking at mulligan statistics to help me at least start, and I don't always go by them. I usually tr- use them as a general rule, but then you start to figure out, no, I really don't want to, like with Rainbow Mage, it, it's like, do I keep Sif in my opening hand? And a lot of times I might say, well, yes or no, whatever, but then you get the feels of what feels really bad in this particular matchup when I'm playing Druid, if they have due process, I'm going to burn it. That's a bummer. So maybe I keep it there. So you start to get a feel for that yourself. But I, 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 I subscribe to HS Premium, which I suggest everybody does, and it gives you some more advanced 
mulligan statistics. It gives you against class and all that. So I stick with those. Those help when you're starting a deck, knowing what to keep and what not to keep. But just playing the games and then talking about them in, in Discord. If you have games where, hey, I was in this position. I'm not sure what I would do here. You can talk about it. And I would say the interesting thing about playing a deck a lot of times is it's still, you don't know everything. Like you can play, like I said, I played Shadow Priest a million times. Loved it. Really clicked with me. There was a whole community about it. And I would get into a matchup and I'd be like, do I keep these three cards here? Do I keep this here? Do I keep that here? What do I want to do? Like you could have real strong knowledge and still not understand or at least not be fully confident in in the right plays or the right you can still question yourself like it's not autopilot if you've played x number of games you can still ponder am i doing the right thing or how i want to do it because each situation is different even the same three cards in your, you know you almost never have the same three cards in your hands to start or four cards do you keep two of the same thing do you let one go what what's the matchup so just to answer the question, I play a lot of games and I talk about it on Discord and I do look up uh, Mulligan statistics. Dawn, how about yourself? Yes. So it's kind of interesting because I believe Ron said that same thing as kind of both of you, where he kind of just takes the deck and just like runs with it and see what happens. Um, for the most part, I at least try to typically take a bit of time before I start playing a deck. Um, even if it's just to like, I'll kind of look through and analyze the deck list a little bit, right? Like I'll glance at the deck list and be like, hmm, okay, what do I think is the win condition of this deck? What do I think are kind of like key cards that I might want in a mulligan or that I might want to like play on curve or, you know, is this deck going for drawing a bunch and then playing this thing? Like, what do I think the deck wants to be doing? before I ever even like start <laughs> playing any games. And again, there's no wrong way to do this, right? Some people are very just like, let me get my hands on it. Let me start playing it. And I will learn the deck by playing it badly. And that's fine. You know, and some people are like, ah, let me watch somebody else play it before I play it because they don't, and maybe they don't want to screw it up a whole bunch or they don't have time. So, you know, some people they don't have time to put into playing a ton of games to try to learn a deck. And if you can spend 30 minutes of your lunch break at work, watching someone stream or watching a couple of replays or chatting with people in a discord about, mm -hmm. Hey, here's kind of how the deck works. And then you get to go, you know, have your one hour play time at the end of the day or whatever it is. And you get to jam some games with it. That might make you, better with the deck you might feel more comfortable kind of learning decks with that approach um so there's definitely i think you know as we've kind of talked about some of these different topics we've kind of mentioned some of these right like whether you're you know playing for eight ten hours a day or whether you're playing three games at a time on a quick break you know a lunch break or whatever it is that you have going on there's still these same kind of ideas that you can take to this learning process. Um, so that is kind of the initial, like, as you first get into a deck. Um, but a lot of things that Tito was saying definitely do apply, whether you're first learning a deck or if it's something that you've played for, you know, 20 games, 50 games, 200 games, 2000 games. Uh, even if you watch the pros, especially 
obviously, like, if you're going to be playing that many games, like 2,000 games of a certain deck or whatever, you're probably playing that over a little bit more of a time frame, right? Longer time frame, which also means that you're going to be playing against more variety of deck on the other side of the table. So that will continue to change. And as more cards get added with mini sets or expansions or as patches drop and cards change or get nerfed or buffed, uh, that also can impact things with decks. And it's also very interesting if you also want to learn some more about a particular deck. I also recommend, and this is something that uh, I don't think really gets recommended often, find someone you know who does a lot of competitive stuff or talks about lineups or deck building and go ask them, what kind of cards would you suggest for playing in this with, with this certain meta? Or, hey, if I'm seeing a lot of this, what kind of tech card would you suggest here? Because I have also found that talking about tech cards with people who are like very, very good at competitive play and built lineup building and stuff completely changes how I approach decks, uh, which is fascinating to me. But that's that's what's happened, um, because sometimes they'll say, yeah, well, if you change out this card and you put in that tech card uh, while your matchups are still the same, except for your one good matchup is now more like a 50. Well, that's not good. You don't want to do that, right? If you're changing your good matchup to a 50-50, probably not something that you want to do, but maybe that's something you never would have thought of. Uh, So I think that that's a really interesting tactic that you can do as well. If you know people who play some competitive or look at like deck building and lineups in terms of that is just ask them about a couple different card changes and see, or even just play the deck with a couple different cards and see how it feels, right? If you're somebody here like, I just want to jam the games. I don't really care about talking to people. Like, I don't want to go analyze that stuff. Like, I just want to play. Switch out two cards in your deck and then go play it and see how different it feels. Does it feel different? Or does it still feel the same? Does it feel different in one or two matchups? Um, Do you feel like it made it worse? More consistent? Less consistent? Uh, That is also something that you can do. And uh, I, I do kind of like to tell this story when I first hit Legend, my very first time hitting Legend, I was playing Murloc Shaman. And this was definitely back in the like Angoro time. <laughs> I know Let's Jack, go. you mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, so you had uh, you know, cards that pulled Murlocs from your deck and all this stuff. And yeah, and for me, there, and I always forget the name of it, it was that 2 2 Murloc that like discovered a secret. And everyone was like, this card is absolutely core. Like, you have to play this card. It's so good. And every time I played that, I went, I don't know what secret I want. What am I doing with this? It feels terrible. I hate this card. And I just absolutely hated it. Like, I don't know why, but just in my co- in my soul, I was like, I hate this card. <laughs> I don't want to play this anymore. And so then I decided, you know, I just, I don't feel like I'm understanding this. No matter how many people say it's good, no matter how many times I've tried playing it, I just it's not clicking for me. I don't understand. And then I thought, you know what I do understand though? I understand charge and I understand hitting people in the face. So I took the, uh, oh my gosh, now I cannot remember the Murloc. <laughs> it's been so long. The, uh, the Murloc who had charge. I think it was a th- two one or three one. Bluegill warrior. Bluegill. Yes. That's the one. Yeah. Bluegill. And I put that in the deck instead of the, the little guy that gets you secrets. And 
I started winning a bunch of games and I hit legend for the first time with that. And at that time, everyone said that card is so bad. That card is so bad. But based on my experience playing the game and even after talking to people about that card, I just I I could not click with the secrets. But for me, I thought, you know what, this this charge, this extra damage gets me there more often than not. So for me, learning that about the deck and just saying, hey, this is really not working for me. I need to try something different within the same deck, not just I need to go learn a new deck. I need to try something different within this deck. And it worked. Um, I don't know. Have either of you guys had experiences like that or even talk to people and you're like, wow, this one or two cards feels like it, it makes a difference. And that was something you learned even after playing a deck for a while. Go ahead, Doc. Um, such a good, such a good question. Uh, so for me, sometimes I have, well, not sometimes, a lot of time I struggle with uh, understanding the value of playing the card when I should play it versus when I want to play it. Um, and so talking with people like Ridiculous Hat or Storm Rage um, or like Mad at Arms and them helping me helping drill the idea into my head that the value that I want will never come. Um, so I know that's not exactly what you were saying, Don, but it's still going to an outside resource, giving them like how you feel about the deck and how you play. Um, with the Murloc deck you were playing, I changed it a little bit. I added the apothecary. I had dino size and anything can happen, I believe, was the Paladin 10 mana spell. And it was just a dumb, 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 fun, stupid Murloc deck. Um, but yeah, use resources, talk to talk to people about things you're not sure about. Uh, generally, when I was at the stage of really, really, really wanting to learn a deck, I watched a lot of Trump SC because believe it or not, Trump used to make basically nothing but educational Hearthstone content. Yeah, like the file is bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the file was a one star card or two star card. Um, but yeah, find find someone other than yourself, whether it be through just a video or whatever, and talk to them or watch them see how they play. Sometimes when you're watching a streamer or a YouTube video, they'll talk about like, they'll t actually talk out their plays and everything. Um, and something people can do for themselves is talk out your own plays. See the first line, look for a second or third line. Um, and I know I went way off of your question, Don. I'm, I'm so sorry. This is just doc rambling now, it's, I guess. Uh, Tito, how about you? All right, so several things. First off, Dawn's right. Like, when you watch videos and you start talking about things and evaluating a deck, and you start saying, ah, oh, this card doesn't work for me, change it. And if you if it doesn't work, change it back, and maybe you'll figure it out. Like, one thing I've been doing lately up until the expansion was, how do I get the Prison of Yogg's run of this deck? And I, would, I was listening to the Vicious Syndicate report, and on the podcast, and they're saying, this card's actually pretty good in this deck and this deck. I was like, well, if it's good in this deck and this deck, maybe it'd be good in this deck too. 
and I don't like playing two of these cards. So, in, like, right now, I can tell you right now, one of the issues with Rainbow Mage is two copies of Volume Up because you always, you can, one is good, but the second one you almost never use because your hand's full, you have all these spells, and it just never ends up being good value. So, what can you replace that? I'm probably going to put a Prison of Yogg-Saron in for that because, one, I love the card, and two, people aren't expecting it. And sometimes there's value in people playing a card that people aren't expecting. There's, there's the, it, it might not work, but if it does work, then you can keep rolling with it. Just keep If you keep an eye on your own statistics and see if you put something in and five games you haven't played it or it hasn't met the result that you expected to, maybe that's bad drawing. But if you get to 10 games, still not doing anything, then maybe change it up. Maybe go back to what you were supposed to do or whatever. Like, evaluate your own statistics based on how you are playing. And the the other thing, too, to note is the meta can shift, even if Team 5 doesn't intervene. If you're playing a deck that's playing really well and something changes in the meta, even if it's not directly targeting the deck you're playing, let's say you are playing a deck that really beats up on a couple decks. But those other decks beat up on some other decks. And the meta shifts to target one of those, and then the amount of decks that are being played shifts. And then you start seeing a bunch of decks that are not directly trying to target you, but because they are targeting a different deck, the decks that they beat are starting to become less relevant, and those are the decks that you would beat. I know that seems kind of like a lot of things, but the meta can shift based on not just what you're playing and can have a direct effect on you. So if, you, if you're if you playing really well, you, you I just played 500 games at a 60% win rate, but the last 100 games, I'm at like 52. I don't get it. The meta might have shifted. And it doesn't mean you're playing the deck poorly. It just means that your matchup spread might have changed. So listen to podcasts like ours, especially ours, and Doctor 3. But if you pay attention, I'm, I'm kidding, but if you pay attention to like the information out there on Twitter, in Discords, if you're not in the Coin Concede Discord or, or something similar like Vicious Syndicate, and you're not at least reading along, you're doing yourself a disservice if you are trying to... If, if you don't care about how well you play, fine. But if you're trying to improve the level that you play, those are amazing resources. Because you can say, hey, I was doing really well with this deck and all of a sudden I'm failing with it. What's wrong? Someone's going to tell you, oh, it's because you were playing this deck, but now all of a sudden people are targeting the mech rogue and that has shifted the meta. So that way now there's a lot more control priests and you don't do as well as control priests you can get a better understanding of, hey, maybe it's time to shift what I'm playing or maybe it's time to make some adjustments to the deck I'm playing to handle the circumstances that are being presented to me. So nothing nothing in a meta is ever consistent. It'll, it'll, it'll shift even slightly and those micro adjustments can really affect the deck you're playing. I don't know if I'm... Let me tell okay. you... Uh, I, let, let me tell you something you brought up is something that I have had to learn the hard way by playing. Uh, and I was definitely one of those people for a long time. People would be like, oh, did you see this VS report? Or, oh, did you like watch so-and-so stream? No. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. And you know what? That was fine for me for a while. 
But there are a lot of people who do look at that stuff and who Mm -hmm. do watch those streams. And that will impact the meta. So then in turn, it impacted me. And I was not keeping up because I was not paying attention to those. So even if I thought, eh, it's fine, I felt very behind in terms of trying to actually be competitive and figure out what's going on with the with the changes in the meta or the shift or all of a sudden it'd be like, where are all these, you know, whatever deck it was, where are all these shamans coming from? Or like, why is everybody playing Warlock all of a sudden? Like, was there a big streamer that played it? Well, maybe it was in the Vicious Syndicate report as like a... You know, they said, hey, this could be a really good deck, but nobody's really playing it. And then all of a sudden people are like, oh, this could be a good deck, but nobody's playing it. I'm going to play it. And then turns out all of a sudden everybody's playing it (laughs) and then you you don't know where it came from. Uh, And that is all part of like the learning process as well, right? Learning now, how does your deck fare against these other decks that are now kind of popping up that you didn't know how to play that matchup before? Um, so definitely, I mean, some of this is kind of getting more towards the, I would say, like advanced levels, you know, but depending on where you're at in your climb and your journey of just playing Hearthstone or in, you know, in your improvements and where you're at with like your comfort levels with decks, that the more information you give yourself, whether that is learning from other people, whether it's a stream, podcasts, talking to people in discord whether it's looking at like stats and those you know like vicious syndicate report type things where other people are putting that info together uh any and all of that is all going to help you right uh it's it's kind of like if you try to do something by yourself without ever acknowledging that anybody else has maybe done that it might be difficult you might struggle or you might be doing it one way that maybe kind of works, but maybe it feels like it takes forever. And then all of a sudden, as soon as you bring it up, someone else is like, oh, yeah, just try doing it this way. And then all of a sudden it clicks or you find a faster way of doing it or whatever it is. Right. So these these things start to stack up and they really do add up over time. But uh, I think one point that I really just want to drive home is There are so many different approaches to learning a deck and getting better at a deck once you start learning it more that it really is flexible. So please like find ways that you can take these approaches to learning decks or getting better and fit them into your schedule. Um, One example that I will give for me that I've been doing lately is, as I mentioned, I've been trying to take some more time for like self-care and actually taking better care of myself. And one of those things has been doing more like Epsom salt baths um, to help my joints. And when I'm, you know, I'll be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be in there for like an hour. And I will take my phone and I'm going to play some Hearthstone on my phone. But turns out when I'm not at the computer where there's multiple monitors and multiple things vying for my attention... And I'm just in the bathroom where there's nothing else going on and I'm playing a game of Hearthstone on my phone. That's the only thing I can focus on. So I am putting my full attention into the game. And that has helped me (laughs) quite a bit with my focus and getting better. So even if it's something that maybe you're like, huh, let me see if this like weird random thing that I can try works for you. However you can do it, anything like that will help you learn and help you get better. And when you are playing a deck as much as if we're saying, if you're getting hundreds of game in a deck, you know, the deck. So you know that, Hey, this usually works. And all of a sudden it's not. 
that's an indication to you that you probably should try to figure out maybe what's changed in the meta. And sometimes, like we're talking about Vicious Syndicate. Vicious Syndicate, whether you like it or not, is an influential force on the meta. And if Zacho says that this deck could potentially be powerful, even if it's not, it's going to become a force in the meta, whether for good or evil. You, it, it just, it will affect it. There, there's no, and if McBannerface gets to rank one, or if No Hands Gamer or Meaty post a deck to say, hey, I got rank one legend with this druid or whatever, that then the people start playing it more. And even if they don't have the same skill level, that deck now introduces itself. And maybe that will have not the effect that people wanted on the meta, but it'll affect other decks and other cards. So it is a constantly evolving thing. It's never static. It's always fluid, which is, I guess is the very definition of not being static, but it, it constantly (laughs) moves. It constantly shifts. So you can feel, Hey, I, so I think I've talked about this before, but I I used to bowl and I haven't really bowled since COVID maybe once or twice, but I had one season where at the, the last third of the season, I was bowling six tens every week, which is, uh, um, for, I was averaging over 200 per game for three weeks. And I'm like, I finally figured bowling out. This is great. And then I took the summer off and I came back and all that knowledge was gone. I had no idea how to, I was back to like one nineties, one eighties. And I, I, I was frustrated. And I, th- I said, I thought I figured this out. It's always going to shift on you. It's always going to change. So even if you have a deck, you're like, I'm playing at 75% win rate. This is great. I'm going to stick with this to the end of time. It's going to change. So reading those changes and understanding, the more you understand why they're changing versus I'm not playing well. No, you might be playing just fine, but things are different. So don't feel bad if you start losing. Just take that as a a data point and say, something's changed. What does that mean? Maybe you have to switch decks. Maybe you just have to tech tech the deck or maybe you have to play different. So you can figure it out. But just pay attention to the warning signs and pay attention to the notes that the Hearthstone universe is giving you. Uh, Dawn, do you have any final thoughts on improving play with the deck? No. Um... Not really, but if anybody has anything that they have found that even if it or I guess the more weird it sounds, the better. I would love to hear some people's like, hey, I tried this this odd thing and it worked um, or helped me. Or even if it's just like an ordinary like, hey, I tried this tactic for learning a deck uh, and and it really worked and helped me. Um, I would love to hear that people found some value in this or decided to try out some of the some of the ideas. Like, like we said, put Yogg, Prisoner Yogg's run in every deck if you can. And also, though, like to what Dawn's saying, Posic is a good example of this. Posic is supposed to be a really good card. You put it, people say put it in a lot of decks before nerf. Even after nerf, it's still pretty good. But if like you playing it, you never feel good about playing it and it never feels right to you, try something different. And and keep it keep an eye on your statistics. Keep an eye on what you're doing and saying, well, are you winning more since you got rid of Posic or losing more? And then you can say, okay, well, I'm losing more, so let's put him back in and see what, what's going on. Or I'm winning more, so maybe I found something that people aren't thinking about. Maybe if you're seeing a lot of Warrior and they have the weapons and you're getting tired of it, maybe throw in a, throw in a Viper. And if it, if it ends up sitting in your hand most of the time, maybe switch it out. 
just pay attention to what you're doing, figure it out. Um, a good person to watch, and and there are great people to watch to, if if you are interested in improving yourself, and figuring out how to modify decks. There's plenty of people out there that are great at it. Funky Monkey, constant, constant at uh, iterator. Uh, Warshacks, fantastic. Edelice, fantastic. Although I don't know if she's gonna be streaming for a little while. Um, but there are people out there that are really good at just saying, oh, this doesn't feel right. I'm building a deck. Let, let's change things up. Let's figure out how to not only play a deck for a lot of games, but also modify it and, and adjust to the meta. Just, it's worth watching people. And if you don't have time for it, you know, you can ask questions in the Discord and people that have been watching those will answer you. Doc, any final thoughts? Uh, Yeah, I was just going to say kind of what you just said. Um find people in a discord server or even ask the streamer you're watching hey why are you playing x card like i don't understand how this works and if fortune like be with you then like the streamer could see your comment and be like oh hey uh storm rage like the reason why i play this card is because it's really good it's really good against this card that's prevalent in three other decks so I play, I play this this card to give myself an edge. Um, or if you just have a bunch of friends in a Discord server, it'd be like, "Hey, I'm struggling with this deck. Can I see the list you guys are running to see if my cards are any different?" And then if there is a difference, be like, just ask them, like, "Hey, why are you running this over this card? Because I don't have that card in my deck. Like, what's what's the thought there? Ask as many people as you can. Try to use the resources you have available." Um, or like if you have a significant other that will humor you, if they don't understand Hearthstone, uh, try to teach them how to play the deck by explaining it and showing them. Cause sometimes when you coach people, you learn stuff because it forces you to understand things at a more fundamental level. And then you can be like, Oh, now I understand why this card's in this deck because it's, it's good at these three things or however may, however many it may be. Um, and you know what? Just have fun with it. Like you don't have to have a positive win rate to have a good time. It helps. It certainly helps, but that's not the, that's not the only way to enjoy the deck you're playing. Sorry, doc. If you're not first, you're last. Anyway, um, (laughs) I'm full, but there's always a little room for dessert. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. So Don, this is the first time we've ever asked you this question because we've yes. started it since the last time you were on. What is your favorite dessert? Okay, this one is actually a really, really hard question. Ask me anything about Hearthstone and I could probably come up with an answer pretty fast. Ask me this and I'm like, ah, uh, can I say like all of them? I, I don't hold know. On. I can, <laughs> Most of them? I can tell you some things Dawn doesn't like. Syrup. Butter. Salad dressing. Salad dressing. Don't like salad dressing. Except for yeah. once a year. <laughs> like or two all salad year. dressings or specific salad dressings? Nah, I just I don't really like salad dressings in general. Hey, that's good. They, that's what. That's yeah. the <laughs> least healthy part of a salad is the well, dressing you put on it. Well, yeah, then I just don't eat salads, you know, because. Eh. <laughs> but salad? you know what I do eat a lot of is sweets. Salad is what food <laughs> eats. So, uh, so yeah. what kind of what kind of sweets? Oh, is it like I, candy sweets? I, so or? many sweets. You know, I used to eat a lot of uh, candy type stuff. You know, candy bars and things like that. But 
now I would say like my desserts and the sweets that I like are more like brownies, ice cream, cakes, pie, things like that. Um, especially not even not even just like regular typical ice cream. Right. But I'm thinking like that you get from Blizzard or like uh, Cold Stone. Right. Where like you put like a bunch of stuff in the ice cream you know, just really load it up with with the sugar and the sweet. <laughs> like, put all the things in there. What is your perfect blizzard? <sighs> um, coffee ice cream with cookie dough pieces, brownie pieces, and Oreo pieces. Ooh, yeah, it's very good. Yeah, it's very very good. Add a coffee porter to that, and we got a perfect uh, meal. <laughs> yeah, hot coffee alongside it with the coffee ice cream. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> all right doc yeah so listeners please leave us a review let us know what we're doing good bad ugly five-star review helps with visibility but as always as i say leave a review on how your heart tells you um it just helps with visibility so that's why we asked for five but if you don't think we deserve a five that's perfectly okay so please leave us a review you can also email us at bread N, the letter butter, HS at gmail.com. Uh, Don, where can people find you? Um, yeah, you can find me all over the place. You can find me on Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it every day. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> just going to call it Twitter. It's you Twitter. Can find, yeah, <laughs> you can find me there at Donnie DK. That's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K. You can find me on Twitch and YouTube, Dragon Rider TCCG. Uh, you can find me each week talking all things standard Hearthstone over at the Doctor 3 podcast and also every week, uh, which is on my YouTube or through audio. You can uh, find me talking all about a whole bunch of different card games and a lot of topics like this over at the TCCG Roundtable. Doc, how about yourself? Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Twitch. Yes, I said Twitch. Uh, cause I do stream sometimes Lies. at Doc McButt. How about yourself, Tito? You can find me at Tito Santana HS on both Twitter and Twitch. I am reducing the amount I stream because I realize that. So what, what happens for me is I get online. I get, I get to be at nine o'clock at night and I should be working on making some content or doing some other things. I have lots of ideas and I say, you know what? I just want to play Hearthstone. So I just fire up OBS. I play Hearthstone. I'm trying to work on maybe taking it down a couple nights and actually working on some things because I'm getting behind on the things I want to do. But I'm not going to hold myself too close to that because I just want to play games and have fun. But Dragon Rider, do you have any shout outs this week? Uh, you know, I do. So the first I, kind of two, but the first shout out, of course, has to go to you guys. Thank you so much for having me on and inviting me back again. I love doing these. Um, and I love having you on. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, the other shout out is going to be uh, to my AFG, my Amber Flight gaming crew. Um, I think we have really got a super amazing crew right now. There's a lot of really hardworking, like dedicated people on the team. And, you know, not only uh, have they been doing things for AFG, but a lot of them have really been helping me out, whether that's just you know, in kind of some of that personal stuff or in the game and with my content. And 
I'm feeling very excited and motivated for the future. I've noticed you guys have had a uh, uptick in uh, activity, and I know you're trying to kill production by adding smarms, but you know that's fantastic. Uh, just kidding, smarms. We love you. Uh, it's, but but I, I've noticed that there's been a lot of activity lately, and I, I can't wait to see where Impaflight Gaming is going. Uh, I, I I appreciate you, Doc. How about yourself? Any shout outs this week? Uh, yeah. So obviously, Don, thank you so much for being on again. Uh, it's always a pleasure. You're very fun to talk to. Um, and you're very intelligent and it's just fun to listen to your, your perspective and what you have to bring about Hearthstone. So thank you. Um, yeah, of course. And I want to thank, uh, bro McButt cause he, Helped me have a great have a great day yesterday and a great day on Saturday with Pokemon. Um, we're just trying to do things together because I am moving four hours away from him uh, at the end of October. And then at the end of this school year, uh, if he if all things go according to plan, uh, he'll be doing his master's in Texas. Uh, so this is probably the last time in our adult lives that we live within like 10, 15 minutes of each other. So we're just trying to do as much as we can because distance between relatives is always awkward. Um, sorry, this is getting pretty real. Uh, but then like having an identical twin and then adding distance on top of that's always kind of awkward because uh, you're just so used to them being there whenever you need them to be. So we're just try- trying to do as much as we can to make... Uh, whatever time we have left with seeing each other being easy as possible. So uh big shout out to bro McButt and how about yourself Tito? Well, I know doc called him bro McButt, but the rest of us call him ass man. Um, I'd like to thank uh, <laughs> deck tech who put out a tweet today that was really nice. And uh, he was talking about a magic article and he said he was talking about card advantage. And the thing he said about that was if you listen to educational shows like Coin Concede or Bread and Butter, and that meant a lot because it just meant that someone's listening to us and thinks that we are doing kind of the job, the mission statement, which is to try to help people become better at this game. And I don't know if we are successful or not, but um, occasionally someone reaches out and says, hey, yeah, I've learned a lot listening to you guys. And that's kind of the goal. So I just want to. Uh, thank uh, Deck Tech for that because that means a lot that that you consider us. I mean, even to be just mentioned in Coin C, aside from the fact that we're a Hearthstone podcast, means 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 a ton. Um, I also want to shout out Blizzlet this month who are doing the uh, Badass Woman of Hearthstone. I believe yes. Dawn, you were on that, and that's why I knew all about your syrup and butter. Uh- <laughs> yes that was last week. Uh, that was a hoot of an episode. If y'all want something that is very entertaining in a lot of different ways. That's an episode you want to check out. Smarms <laughs> and Daniel have this this tension that they just need to date. I don't know what's taking them so long. If they're not, maybe they are, and they're just not telling us. But um, I, I I think before the end of Hearthstone, that Smarms and my my prediction, Smarms and Daniel will become Spaniel <laughs> or um, Starms. I don't know what what our um our joint things there but i i it just feels like that's just inevitability um i could be wrong but uh i'm gonna i'm gonna ship them in my mind and um finally i am coming up on a year of streaming uh i think it's on the 27th uh, that i got affiliate or started my stream i don't know if it's affiliate or i started my stream for the first time but we're 
approaching a year that I've been doing content creation and it's been a journey and I haven't had the growth that I've wanted, which is fine because I haven't done enough to make it happen. It's hard work. I just put an article out on Hype Horizon. If you go to hyperizon.com, you'll see an article I wrote about how content creation is hard. Go read that. I appreciate it. It, it, it. It's not a complaint. It's hard. People, The people that are successful and the people that are semi-successful and the people that put the work in, it's hard. This is not as easy. People think, oh, you're just playing video games. No, there's a lot that goes into it. So go ahead and take a read. Um, but I want to thank Pilot who has been with me on my channel for a year. He's a mod. He is the most consistent person that shows up and has helped me and plays games with me and and is just encouraging. And um, I probably wouldn't even still be streaming if it wasn't for people like Pilot. So thank you very much. Um, it's appreciated. And, you know... Dawn, thanks, thanks for showing up again. We appreciate it. Uh, we had actually a late cancellation. We were going to have Dawn in a couple weeks, but we had a late cancellation, and she stepped right up and filled in tonight, so I can't thank you enough. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. This is a little aside. Getting guests every week is hard, and sometimes it's easy, but sometimes it's not, and we have had a guest for 34 straight weeks or so. And I don't know if we can sustain it because I don't want to keep inviting the same friends back over and over again, aside from a couple people like Dawn and Sheep and whoever, because it's hard to ask people, hey, you want to come on again? You want to come on again? Um, and plus, we're trying to keep these topics interesting and different and diverse and covering topics that we haven't talked about. We're going to revisit topics. We're going to go back to things like we talked about, like Tilt and and um, picking decks and all that. I think we've come a long way since we started. So we'll revisit topics because it's important. But um, we'll be thinking about how we're going to uh, maintain this format and, and bring on guests and all that. So if you have thoughts or people you want to see on the show, let us know. Because if you say, hey, I really want to hear this person, maybe we can get them. Let us know. You can reach out to us. What's the, what's the email address, Doc? Bread and butter, as in the letter, hs at gmail.com. That's it. But anyway, thanks, everybody. I think we're toast. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Go get some dessert. Mm, <laughs> dessert. Slide two brothers meet one another when they slide up to the mic. It's bread and butter with one another. Let's start up that recording light.